You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. God helps the helpless. God helps those who cannot help themselves. God helps those who cry out to Him. He hearkens under the voice of their cry when they're helpless. Think of it this way. If we can't help ourselves, we don't need God's help, right? Are you going through life leaning on your own strength? God never forces Himself on us, but instead waits patiently for us to reach out to Him. In today's message with Pastor J.D., we're reminded that God helps the helpless, not the proud. Humbly cry out to the Lord and He will rescue you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 138 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our praise and worship of God is not based supremely on the emotion of it, It's based on the fact that He's worthy of it. By the way, that's what the word worth-ship means. Worth-ship. Worship, worth-ship. We worship Him because He is worthy. Psalm 137, shorter psalm. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, We wept when we remembered Zion. By the way, we're turning a a pretty sharp corner here (laughs) with with this psalm. Verse 2, We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth. This is a bitter herb saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Their answer, verse 4, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy, remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it to its very foundation. O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed? (laughs) This was going to be fulfilled. Happy the one who repays you, as you have served us. Happy the one, verse 9, who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. That might sound very harsh and very brutal, but there is a reason for it. This is an interesting psalm for a number of reasons. Not the least of which is it's known as a song of lament. It was written about the captivity 
of the Jews when they were exiled in Babylon for 70 years. And this because they had disobeyed God, the commandments of God. They had rebelled against God, and because of that, God allowed them to be taken captive, and they were in exile for 70 years. There are, I believe, many lessons from this psalm, but I want to draw your attention to what I think is a very important lesson. And it's the lesson that speaks to the captivity and bondage to sin in our lives due to the disobedience and rebellion of our lives. That's the takeaway for me. It may not be in Babylon, and it certainly may not be for a period of 70 years, but we have within us the capability, the propensity, in our rebellion against God, our disobedience and sin against God to be taken captive and be brought into bondage to sin. Sin is slavery, and only Jesus can set us free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Psalm 138. Been looking forward to this psalm. I think you'll see why here in a moment, and we're going to end with it. It's a psalm of David. Verse 1. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, little g, I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day, verse 3, when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord is on high, verse 6, yet He regards the lowly, but the proud He knows from afar. Again, I think of the Proverbs where we're told that God resists the proud. I mean, get away from me. He can't stand pride. Think about, (laughs) pride was the first sin, and not on earth, but in heaven, when Lucifer exalted himself and was cast out of heaven. Have you ever thought of it this way, that God is humble? Here is omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, all-present, omniscient, all-knowing God, creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Have you ever thought about God being humble? God is humble. 
Why do we know that? How do we know that? Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Was Jesus humble? You know what the problem with us is? We make synonymous meekness with weakness. Here was Jesus, fully God, fully man. He had all power at His disposal. When He was here on earth, He could have called upon the heavenly host to, in an instant, could have done anything and everything in an instant. But He didn't. Meekness is power under control. Not just having power, having all power. Anyway, we're going to talk about humility coming up. The proud he knows from afar. Verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Hey, I just heard about that. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Okay. Can't think of a better psalm to end our Bible study with, because here David ever so eloquently pens this psalm about a truth that can be life-changing. And the truth is that God helps those who cannot help themselves. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I said? Because I know you've heard it said, God helps those who helps themselves. Oh yeah, where's that? Uh, it's in the book of Hezekiah. There's only one problem. There's no such thing as the book of Hezekiah. In other words, <laughs> oh I know, God helps those who help themselves, must be right next to that verse that cleanliness is next to godliness. That's not in the Bible either. I was a new believer, very young in the Lord. I mean probably like three, four months young in the Lord. I just got saved and man, I was just on fire for the Lord. And I was reading my Bible, and I couldn't put it down. And, and my cousin, I'll never forget this, was standing out in front of the restaurant that his parents owned. And I was sharing with him that, you know, I just gave my life to Jesus. And, and Jesus is real, and He's really, really real, and he's, Jesus is real in my life. That was basically the extent of my theology. That's all I knew at that point. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I was really young in the Lord. And I wanted him to know Jesus the way I knew Jesus. And I'm telling him about Jesus. And out of nowhere, he just says, well, you know, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. And I hadn't read the whole Bible yet. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know what to say. And then I found out later, you know how it is where after a conversation you think of 500 things you could have said and wished you would have said, but didn't? <laughs> oh, how I wish I could have told him at that time. You know what? It's the opposite that's true. 
God helps the helpless. God helps those who cannot help themselves. God helps those who cry out to Him. He hearkens unto the voice of their cry when they're helpless. Think of it this way. If we can help ourselves, we don't need God's help, right? How about this? We say God's Word says that there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Is the hand of the Lord short that He cannot save? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He's the God of the impossible, we like to say, right? Well, there's one thing that I believe and I've experienced in my own life that is impossible for God to do. You want to know what it is? It's that which is still possible for me to do. You want to know why? Because if it's still possible for me to do it, then what I'm saying to God is, hands off, I've got this. And I just picture the Lord saying, okay, (laughs) I'll wait. I'm surely not going to force myself on you, but I'll be here when you come to the end of yourself, and you throw your hands up, you say, oh Lord, this is impossible. To which I can just hear the Lord saying, well, it's about time. Oh, how you could have spared yourself of such agony, such unnecessary pain and suffering, had you but come to me and cried out to me, looked to me. I think our problem as Christians is we're not helpless. We still try to do it in the energy of our own strength, the energy of our own flesh. I think of that song, I forget who sung it, famous singer, I Did It My Way, that song. I did it my way. I think a lot of Christians are like that, you know. And I just, again, imagine the Lord saying, wait, you did it your way? That's the problem. That's why this thing's so messed up, by the way. Look at what you You made it worse. You made it worse. And now you come to me with this impossible situation, and you can't do it. Can I do it now? You know the three steps? Step one, know that you can't. Step two, Know that God can. Step three, let Him. (laughs) Let Him do it. Lord, I can't do this. Okay. Oh, you can't do this? No. Are you helpless? Yes. Okay, watch me now. Watch me now. One of my favorite accounts and all of the Bible is in Second Chronicles 20. We've talked about this before. King Jehoshaphat, up against this impossible, against all odds, great horde of an army that has come against Israel. They are done. There is no way. They are toast. And listen to what Jehoshaphat prays as he cries out to God. He says, our God, will you not judge them? 
For we have no power, powerless, to face this vast army that is attacking us. Not only are we powerless and helpless against them, we do not know what to do. Uh, I think that's music to God's ears. You don't know what to do? I do. Will you call upon me and let me be God? He says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You'll forgive me for saying it this way, but God has got them right where He wants them. And it's the best possible place they could come to, where it's impossible for them, where they're powerless and they're helpless, because now God can be glorified. Think of it like this. If we could, in our own strength, figure it out, pull it off, then we take the credit for it, right? I think of Gideon. You know why God had to take that army down from 35,000 down to 300? And by the way, you've heard it taught, and for those of you who go to Israel with us, when we go to Gideon Springs, you know when Gideon goes from the 35,000, and he says, if you're afraid, go home, so 22,000 bail. And then, you know, he's down to 10,000. And then he says, take him to the springs, and if they cup the water, bring it to their mouth, put them over here. If they stick their face in there and just drink the water, then put them over here. And here's Gideon watching 9,700 men stick their face in the water, and the other 300 are cupping the water and bringing it to their mouth to drink. And you got to wonder what Gideon's thinking. Okay, night, I have 10,000 men left, and God thinks I still have too many men. And oh, by the way, the army of the Midianites, it's too numerous to even count in the hundreds of thousands. And I've got too many men at 10,000. And then he says, take those 9,700 and send them home. I want you to use these 300 men that cupped the water, brought it to their mouths. You've heard it taught that, oh, they must have been the, you know, the mighty warriors. They, they didn't stick their face in the water. They cupped it to the water so they could keep their eye on the battlefield. It, it doesn't fit. Because see, Gideon was the one that God chose. He was hiding from the Medeanites. And when God appears to him, he calls him, oh, mighty warrior. And Gideon is so terrified that he, you know, puts the fleece out just to confirm it. And then God has the dew on the fleece and then not on the ground and then vice versa. And he's arguing with God, there's no way I'm your man. You got the wrong guy. I'm the black sheep of my family. My family is the black sheep of the tribe. And my tribe is the black sheep of all the 12 tribes of Israel. Three strikes, I'm out, find somebody else. And God chooses Gideon for that reason. Because Gideon could never take the credit or touch the glory. God shares His glory with no man. And so he's got these 300 men who could just cup the water. I believe it's because they were the lame the elderly, they could not get down and stick their head in the water. They had to 
cup it and bring it to their mouths. Because if these were the 300 top guns, they could conceivably still take the credit for defeating the army. Because these were the green berets, the top guns, the mighty warriors. No, these were the lame, the blind, the crippled. There's no way. Could you imagine them going back to the camp of the Israelites after defeating this massive army of the Medeanites? you know, on their walkers. You should have seen us, man. We, (laughs) there's no, it'd be laughable. There's no way. That's why God chooses and uses the foolish to confound the wise, the weak to shame the strong. See, I think God has to bring us to that place that Jehoshaphat is in here, that Gideon was in there. You want to know what God's response was to the helplessness of Jehoshaphat's cry? It's found in verses 14 through 17, and it's where we get that famous passage, songs have been written about it. The battle belongs to the Lord. God says to Jehoshaphat, you know what? And it's interesting, he he actually speaks through this, he's not a prophet, he's a Levite. That's very unusual for God to speak through a Levite. Usually he'll speak through a prophet. So he speaks through this Levite, and he says to Jehoshaphat and all of the Israelites, you're not going to have to fight this battle. I got this. This battle belongs to me. And all you have to do now tomorrow is just go down and march and sing and praise me, and I will give you the victory. And that's exactly what happened. The Lord fought the battle. All because Jehoshaphat said, and cried out like David in the psalm, when I cried out to you, you not only heard my cry and hearkened unto the voice of my cry, you, you gave me boldness. You gave me the victory. All I had to do is come to that place of helplessness, and you helped me. God helps those who cannot help themselves. One last thought and we'll close. You notice in the Gospels that Jesus is always attracted to the helpless and the down and out. The cripples, the lame, the blind, the weak, the least, the last. Weren't the harshest words to ever be uttered from the lips of the Savior reserved for the religious leaders? I I find in the Gospels that Jesus was so attracted to the helpless and the hopeless, so that He could help them and give them hope and heal them and deliver them. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Are you a part of a community of believers? 
if you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 